0: You know, the economy uh, is, you know, fueled by the real estate market. Right. The housing market, you know, pushes the economy up, pushes it down.
1: Owners are going to have to make that decision based on what happens with the tightening standards during the during the new refinance applications that are going to come through.
0: Uh, You're going to continue to see people leave leave cities, especially now that there's a more commonality of people working from home.
1: Hello, everyone. Frank Rizzo with the MHP Exchange. Joining me is my actually voted the most refined person in the manufactured housing industry, Eric Busatil. How are you doing today, Eric? Great, Frank. What we're going to do, we're coming to the end of the year, and we're looking at our top five predictions for the real estate market in 2024. So we're looking at this has been a crazy year. We've seen a lot of things happen. We've seen a lot of things not happen. I mean, there's been a number of transactions that just didn't happen. Transactions fell off the cliff because interest rates rose, but we wanna look at what our top five predictions are for 2024 and how that can help you with your planning as you go forward. So Eric, I'll let you start it off. What do you think is your top five real estate predictions in 2024? The big
0: topic has been interest rates, right? Over the last few years um, in real estate. And how that's been affecting the real estate market, um, and you know, my biggest, you know, one of my top predictions for this coming year, uh, for a multitude of reasons, is you're going to see a slip in interest rates, um, and and we've started to see that already, um, for two reasons. You know, I've been in mortgages for you know over 20 years now. Uh, typically, around the end of the year, going into the holiday season, you always see some sort of a dip. Right. Uh, More importantly, um, and and why I see the rates continue to come down is also historically is uh, election season. Right. So, um, you know, the economy is, you know, fueled by the real estate market. Right. The housing market, you know, pushes the economy up, pushes it down. Uh, It's been somewhat stagnant for the last year, year and a half due to interest rates Um, and going into election season to stir the economy, um, you, you're going to see these rates, you know, continue to dip a little bit. Um, you know, just to kind of give you an idea of where I predict those interest rates to kind of stick around. I I think you're going to probably see them, uh, bottom out in the
1: mid sixes, mid to high sixes. So that's, that's an interesting point because my top thing that you're going to top issue for 2024 is inflation. So I, I do not think that inflation has been has been under control. I think inflation is still out there. It's not as bad as might have been, you know, eighteen months ago. But pricing across the board for a number has an issue for for you know consumers straight across the board. And the the interesting fact is, if they continue to cut interest rates, I think inflation rears its head. As bad as it was twenty four months twenty four months ago, which will affect affordability. So if they go the opposite way and continue to fight inflation, which you know by raising interest rates, which you're right, historically election years they don't do that. But if they can if they do that, then interest rates may have to rise. So I think it's an interesting thing that you have interest rates. I have inflation as number one. I don't think that we've won the war on inflation yet. I think it's very evident. All you have to do is go to the supermarket. And I think that's creating pressure straight across the board. So interesting on number ones back and forth, kind of (sighs) related, but a little different. What do you have for number two? Uh, Number two for me, um, coming off
0: interest rates, you're going to see a mini refi boom. Right. And, and I think applications are already up. Um, you know, if, you, if you, you know, and I know our main premise of topics is always commercial, um, but you're going to see the residential market and the refi boom of the residential market. Uh, put some money back into people's pockets and allow them to continue to invest in commercial real estate and, and residential real estate. Um, but if, if, if you, you purchased a home or want the four family home, whether it was a primary or a four family, you know, you had interest rates over the last year, year and a half in the high sevens to low eights for a certain period of time. And, you know, if, if, if rates are in the high sixes, um, you know, a 1% interest rate decreases, you know, a, a decent amount of, uh, a decent amount of savings and you're going to see people, You know, get out there and refinance. Um, I don't know. Another reason, another reason, Frank. uh, Realize, I mean, the cycle uh, for for most uh, homeowners or property owners is, you know, over the past you know ten years, where we had this low interest rate environment. Is you buy a home, value of your home went up over the course of a few years. After buying a home or a property, you'd you know run up a lot of credit card debt, or you know you'd you know and you'd refinance at some point in time. And, you know, people haven't been refinancing, but they have continued to run up their credit card debt. And the equity has not come down, right? But but now, now people are going to be willing, more willing to exchange uh, that low interest rate that they have on their homes to pay off some of their debt now that that interest rate yeah, is, you know, 1 to 1 and a quarter percent lower than so, it's been so for the I last think, I think I think
1: you're going to see more applications in. I don't know how much and it will definitely increase the amount of refinances that there are currently. The challenge I have I I think bank lending standards is going to tighten up and i think we've already started to see that that's we, definitely we, happening so, already so i think while people are going to look to refinance i think there's going to be they're going to find that it's a little it's a lot more difficult than it was know, 3 3 or 4 years ago I think com- on the commercial side of it, I think what's going to end up happening, because you, they've initially seen a dip, there's one point four trillion dollars that needs to be refinanced in commercial in commercial real estate. There, you're going to see a an influx of applications that happen now. The people who can get financing will. The people who can't are going to have to make a decision and pivot and probably have to have an exit. On whatever asset they have, which is going to further depress commercial real estate prices mm. going into 2024, so I think it's going to open up uh, opportunity, uh, an avenue of opportunity for opportunity opportunistic investors, and I think owners are going to have to make that decision based on what happens with the tightening standards during the during the new refinance applications that are going to come through.
0: Frank, on the commercial front. Uh, we have upwards of a trillion dollars in term loans coming due over the next, you know, few years. And you're going to see uh, values come down, uh, in my opinion, because, you know, if, if you purchased commercial real estate over the last, you know, five to seven years, because interest rates were so low, people took max leverage, right? Right. Um, and, you know, the, the, the income approach values for these commercial properties when they purchase these properties, you know, they're derived based on cash flow. So low interest rates, higher cash flow, higher values, people purchase with high leverage, low interest rates. When these when these uh, notes become due and you're someone who put the minimal down and to refinance now at a higher interest rate, right, uh, having less cash flow. It's going to bring those values down. There's going to be uh, a good amount of uh, commercial property owners that are either a going to have to bring money to the table to lower their loan amount in order to secure uh, longer term financing going forward, or if they don't have that money, if they need to, they're going to need to do what: sell their property. And the problem that they have on refinancing is going to be the same problem that the new potential buyers are going to have to buy that property. So if they want to get rid of that property and they don't have the money to bring that bring that loan amount down, they're going to have to sell at a lower price. So you're going to see lower prices across the board um, in on the commercial front.
1: So we agree on that. That's great. Finally. 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 We Some, agree on something. Kind of. Not exactly, but almost.
0: Almost. Number three. <laughs> that was number three, Frank. That was
1: number two. No, number we don't two, even agree with number. Number two
0: was a mini refi boon. Number three was decreased prices in commercial. Oh, oh,
1: so for, uh, so my my, my third. Well, I once asked, again, I'm right. No, you. Well, that was your number three, wasn't my number three? Okay. So, I I do believe that we're gonna see while we see a you know affordability being an issue still because of inflation. And that is going to lead to, in certain markets, in certain bigger markets, I think a compression of rental value, uh, of rental amounts. I think you're going to see, because there's there was such an oversupply in multifamily that was built over the last few years, not every apartment is a $2,000 two-bedroom apartment. Not every market can support that. I think you're going to see some multifamily rents compress, I think- that is gonna lead to better values. People are gonna find better values in secondary and tertiary markets. <coughs> so I think you have to be I think you have to be cautious. If you're going into a you know you're going into an investment, you're looking at an area or you're looking at a property. If that property seen had seen double digit rent growth for two, three, four years in a row, I think you've got to look at those rent prices stabilizing and maybe even contracting a little bit. And you better have that in your underwriting model. Um, I think that's super important.
0: That's a great point, Frank. Uh, my number four, you're going to see continued migration of uh, individuals out out of big cities, right? Um, I think you're going to see a lot of that in real estate. And I think um, you know my my last two is is want to speak a little bit more about residential. Your um, your you know, I mean, we've we've seen people migrating out of these big cities for the last few years. You know, started with COVID. Um, you know, people wanted to get out of the big cities, but but now it, it just the prices of these homes uh, in these big cities, and you know, for other reasons as well in these big cities, uh, you, you're going to continue to see people leave leave cities, especially now that there's a more commonality of people working from home. You know, why am I going to stay in this big city? they're going to they're gonna go to, they're gonna go to uh, other
1: markets. I think that now you agreed with me when I said secondary and tertiary markets will outperform. But that's okay. You can agree with me every once in a while. Um, I, I happen to think because of that, what you see in, in certain locations, you have vacant retail, because retail has definitely changed over the last few years because of e-commerce and people buy, more comfortable buying, um, not going into the store. Right. And they're buying more online and vacant office space to to your earlier point. So you have you have an affordability issue, which is driven by lack of inventory and you have vacant retail and office space. And you're going to see or you're going to start to see a lot of that space being repurposed for different models, different hybrid models or repurposed into into housing. And we've already seen some municipalities kind of move forward with that, with, with a push to convert office space to housing, to convert, you know, old malls that have been left dormant and vacant to some mixed use hybrid model. I think that's going to be something that's going to pick up a little bit of steam in 2024 and something to be pay attention to because it that's going to change complexity. It's going to add inventory in areas where there might not be inventory, which will further maybe Help prices come down a little bit on the on the rental front, and there'll be kind of a reimagining as some of these vacant buildings that we have across the landscape.
0: My final is you're going to see continued growth in investments uh, outside of big cities. Right? Um, the cash flow, uh, the numbers really. You know, we're from New York. You know, when you're from New York, you have family, you own real estate in New York somehow, some way by accident. Um, And, you know, we've been traveling, you know, throughout the southeast for the last, you know, coming up on 10 years. And we've we've seen tremendous growth in these markets, Um, particularly because, you know, obviously just the numbers make a lot more sense out of these big cities. And I think you're going to continue to see that. I think, you know, it's it's more apparent to the individual now. And, you know, people didn't want to invest from a distance. But I think, you know, in being in these bigger cities, it's hard to make the numbers make work unless you have a ton of money already and you want to park it somewhere. It's very difficult to make numbers work, especially now because of these higher interest rates. It's it's even more hard. It's even harder to make these numbers work. And I think, you know, people are um, people feel a little bit better about having to travel for their investments as well.
1: Sure. And and one thing that I think we haven't really discussed too much, but something that I think everybody should be made aware of. I think when you're talking about all these loans that have to be refinanced, right? And a lot of that commercial real estate is sitting in regional banks that have that the vast majority of holding that, that paper. When those loans don't get recast or they become bad on their books, I think we're gonna see more bank failures in 2024 than we saw in 2023. I think that's something that everybody should be careful of. I think for many years, we kind of took it it for granted that wherever we banked, they're there. It's going to be okay and not to worry about it. I do think that we should be more diligent about where we bank and why we bank because, you know, used to be a bank run was, you know, you had to go to the bank and you had to get a check and the bank could orderly, you know, give out money that they had, in, you know, on, on hand. Now, as we saw in the last year, you can have a bank run in minutes where $50 billion left, you know, signature bank in minutes because everyone's online. So you have to make sure, right, if you should look at where you bank and be careful where you're banking and you should diversify your banking. You shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. I think that's super key if you're investing right now, know who your banking partner is and watch what they're doing because I do think 2024 you're going to see some more bank failures that could shake and, and, and rattle the markets a little bit. Those are our top 5 and and Frank on that point on that point. You don't get 6. It's not 6.
0: Okay. But but safest place to keep your money is in real estate.
1: Absolutely correct. Safest place because at the end of the day it's a real asset. So that's our top 5 predictions for 2024. We look forward to seeing how the year unfolds. Come back to us next time. We're going to have top five predictions for the mobile home park industry. This is Frank Rizzo. That's Eric Busito, Mr. Refinement. We're from the Mobile Home Park Exchange. Talk with you soon.